0: This morning is Thanksgiving week and I was just kind of this week going through uh, just, just thoughts as I put this message together just thinking about it. it's kind of a standalone. It'll be a good time for us this morning. It's a light-hearted message. You can kind of realize it. Let me just tell you, many of you have a lot to be thankful for, but this morning, be thankful it's a short message. <laughs> amen. Shoot. Yeah, I mean, I've got more amen saying that this morning than anything else I've said. But uh, it is, it's somewhat of a short message, but we're going to have a good time. You know, as I went through and jotted down memories over the past years of my life, I I was thinking about uh, many memories. I mean, I, I remember my mother drove a station wagon for years. Some of you are too young to know what a station wagon is. Call your parents and ask them. But she had a station wagon. It did not have an air conditioner. I remember that about the station wagon. And mom would, prior to Thanksgiving, would uh, clean out the back and, and, and make a little bed type stuff back there. I mean, she put pillows and a little mattress and uh, sleeping bags because we were about to go on a long trip. And we would go to East Texas. We would be down by Paris, Texas. Some of you know that area. A small town named Bagoda, spelled G-A-T-A. B a g a t a, yeah, Bagoda. Doesn't sound like It Sounds like Bagata. But we weren't even there. We would go to a little community known as Rose Lee, and then we would uh, go way back into the woods where my grandparents lived. And one particular, it, it was just so much fun. And I, I just, we would get, we would get crazy excited, because my cousins would come in and we would pack that house out in the country, and we would walk those sandy roads with, with all the trees found in East Texas. It's just a beautiful place. But when I was a freshman in college, I, I, uh, my freshman year, I went to McMurray in Abilene, and I called my granddad and said, "Hey, I get the whole week out. And, and I can't wait uh, to come and see you and grandmother." He said, "Well, if you can get here a couple of days early, this is what we're going to do. We're going to work cattle." And I was looking so forward to helping my granddad work cattle, he goes, I've got something special for you this year. He said, when you get here, I've got a pretty young lady that's going to help us work cattle on Saturday as well. And so I was really excited, and he said, she's unique, she's different, she's she's really, really uh, a sweet girl, but, oh, Curtis, I can't wait for you to meet her. Well, I showed up, and uh, he got me up early the next morning, and, of course, we began to go out and push cattle up to the to the pens and on through the chute, and, and, and there was this young woman there, about my age, probably 19 or 20, and she had boots on, and she had, had her Wranglers on, and she could flat-work cattle, and we were up by the head chute, and it's like they had it timed perfectly where about the time I made eye contact with her, she pulled out some chewing tobacco and just put a big old wad of chewing tobacco. And my granddad was sat standing at the head shoot and he was just looking at me with a big grin on his face. And I looked at him and I said, That's one good woman. Allison wanted me to remind everyone that that wasn't her, okay? Thanksgiving brings back so many. Memories. And sometimes we all need to just simply say, what are we thankful for? our scripture this morning is going to be Acts chapter 16 starting with verse 22 and let me just give you some history about what's happened there's this girl that's following Paul and Silas and she basically was a fortune teller and she had a couple of masters and as she followed them she noticed that they had a power about them they were casting out demons as well and and they were leading people to Jesus and she was somewhat enamored with them and so she's following them around at the same time she is a fortune teller and her masters would receive money from her telling other people's fortunes. And basically, Paul gets enough of this and he turns around and he says he cast the demon out of her, which also meant there would be no more profits made through her ability to tell fortunes. The scripture says, but when her master saw that their hope for profit was gone, They seized Paul and Silas. And that's where we pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Now, this was Paul's second journey. He was used to some types of persecution, but this time he wasn't just in the jail itself. He's in the inner jail, and his feet are shackled. It's about that time Silas looked at Paul and said, Man, this is a great time to praise God and to be thankful. Who's bringing the turkey this Thanksgiving? Paul said, You know what? I've got the perfect song for this. Verse 25, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. In other words, church isn't over yet. We're still having church. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to worry that we we ran away in order to be free. We've already found our freedom. Do not harm yourself. And he called for lights And they rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It's interesting that in their chains and in their shackles, as terrible as as the environment was for them, they had been beaten, they had been stripped as well. And now they said, let's praise the Lord, and look what happens. They basically have church because they have hearts that are full of thanksgiving. How can some people make the best out of terrible situations? Like this story, Paul and Silas, they get beat up, shackled, thrown into prison and say, "Hey, let's sing some hymns." Well see, it's all about the heart. It's about having a heart of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for the life we have been given, given we have been given. Learning that having enough is a feast. Learning if you count your assets, you will always show a profit. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a famous theologian, he once stated this. He said, in ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. I love this story about Paul and Silas because one of the things that we see is it has to be a heart condition. They have to see beyond the temporal into the eternal Through praising God, through having church that day, even the prisoners themselves, when their doors were flung open, they did not run away. They didn't leave. They saw something in these two men. The jailer who was going to kill himself because it would have cost him his life anyway. The jailer said, oh my goodness, what must I do to be saved? The witness of a heart that is full of thanksgiving is a witness that understands who God is and brings others into his fold as well there's an article that was written by Sam Cadeen some years ago he said do you take life for granted or with thanksgiving and he kind of writes a little bit and I pulled a couple of paragraphs out of his book he said without realizing it many people live their lives by taking huge chunks of it for granted We wake up in the morning without a second thought for the fact that we are alive, that throughout the night our hearts kept beating, our lungs filled with air without us having to do a thing. Our feet are on the floor and we're off to the shower without considering the magic involved in walking, the balance and the coordination. We turn on the water and never marvel at the mechanical genius that means we can have hot water delivered to us without us doing more than just turning our wrists. And even pay the bill, which we may never really appreciate how good it is to have a job that would pay that bill, which would be a source of our money. Whatever it can be, whatever it can be, we should be thankful. We eat our breakfast and drink our coffee and arrange our day and juggle our appointments with our loved ones rarely without even noticing how amazing it is to do all these things at once without appreciating the good people around us, without knowing how wonderful it is even to have food in our bellies and a roof over our heads. We ignore so much of the goodness in our life, only missing it when it is gone. The only time I could not take my body for granted was when it was wheezing and blowing my nose all the way as I jumped out of bed to the bathroom. The only time I appreciated the fact that I had a washing machine was when it broke down and I couldn't just throw my clothes in it and walk away. I also routinely ignore the fact that I have someone who loves me and that I love too. I have an amazing wife despite the little things that annoy me which seem to steal my focus. You know, I remember reading a story from the bombing of the Twin Towers in New York and a woman refused to kiss her husband goodbye on the morning that he set off for a meeting in one of the buildings because she had just put on her lipstick It was the last time she saw him. We take it for granted that our loved ones are coming back home to us that we'll get a chance to say goodbye and tell them how much they mean to us. Thanksgiving tends to evoke so many emotions in each and every one of us. Sometimes we only see the temporal and we don't understand the eternal. But a thankful heart tends to to see both and understand both. That yes, my immediate situation or circumstances are not that great. However, eternally, I'm always in God's favor. I may have to go through some persecution. I may have to go through some situations. Life may not always look great as far as through the lens that I'm looking through. However, eternally, God is going to use this for his glory. One particular Thanksgiving that I remember where things didn't go as as planned for sure is uh, when I was pastoring a small church in Happy, Texas, and I had it was Thanksgiving Day, and and I was with my parents, and and Allison was there, and we were just having a great day, and the neighbor the neighbor boy was down, and we were throwing a football in the yard, and Allison ran to the door, and she said. Curtis you've got to get in the house hurry and so I knew something was wrong and as I ran in the house it's it's full of people my mother was on the phone and she was standing there and she was crying so hard she couldn't she couldn't talk and so she handed the phone to me and I got on the phone and it was my brother-in-law's company commander and he told me he had been called up after 9-11 and she told me and he told me that he he was deceased and what the next things that needed to happen and how they needed to unfold uh, would, would be. And, and so I just remember uh, speaking with him, and Lee and Lee Moore were there celebrating Thanksgiving with us, and they said, let's go get our plane, let's get your parents on it, and get them to San Antonio as quickly as possible. It's a memory that is very, very fond in me. And you may say, well, why would it be a fond memory? Here's why. Because of the family, because of the connectivity. God would redeem my sister again. Y'all know Jim Bayless. My goodness. But I praise God how how he continues to work. At the time, we could only see the temporal, and we could not see the eternal. But, But a heart of thanksgiving has the opportunity to say, yes, sometimes it's both now and not yet. Sometimes as we go through this life, there's no doubt there are storms. And Thanksgiving for many people bring up so many bad, poor memories. Things happened through your, through your thankful time. Some people dread going into the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I want to encourage you, don't just look at it through a temporal lens. Begin to have a heart that is grateful and thankful regardless of the situations and circumstances that you're currently experiencing what we learn from Paul and Silas is this is not good we've been stripped do you know what it is to be naked in front of a lot of people it's not good to be beaten in front of a lot of people while you're naked worse to be put in shackles and not just at the front of the jail but back behind all the bars and to be put into shackles It was not good in the temporal, but in the eternal souls were about to be saved in that prison. I was at the jail this week, and it's just amazing to me how how even just a little message on a piece of paper can mean so much to someone who's behind bars. And eventually, if prisoners and when prisoners come before the Lord the chains on their heart begin to fall off and they can be set free even in the depths of prison. And they can begin to to gain a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving as well. Eric Hoffer said it this way, the hardest arithmetic oftentimes is to master that which enables us to count our blessings. We shouldn't take anything for granted but everything with thanksgiving. How do we gain a heart that is thankful? How do we keep from growing old and grumpy? Some of you men, it's too late. <laughs> it just happened. I mean, even for me, I can tell that the older I get, sometimes the more quick-tempered or the, 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 the let me say it this way, not quick-tempered, I think um, short-tempered. Just meaning this, that I think you should have known that. You 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 know sometimes I think we our our age does provide wisdom, but there is no doubt we can become frustrated a little bit quicker because we have higher expectations. And then I have to remember, well, when I was nineteen, I tried the tobacco. I wasn't the most brilliant guy at eighteen. Not that I am today. That's not what I'm saying, church. <laughs> but there's no doubt I've, I, I, I had to grow up. And, and, and sometimes what we need to see is, is we have to keep pressing in to see the goodness, to see the grace, to see the mercy that God has bestowed upon us. To see the immediate and know that ultimately it's not, it's not the eternal. It's just the immediate. I mean, Paul even talks about that immediate suffering. And so, as we look at this and look for a heart transplant that can consider its blessing, look for your spiritual blessings first. Church, Paul and Silas understood the advantage they had because to live is Christ and to die is gain. From their perspective, things weren't that bad. They had already attained the greatest treasure in life. Life was fulfilled. What if you were locked up because of your faith? Would you sing hymns? The greatest treasure we have is this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Who couldn't get excited, much less be thankful for that? Look for your spiritual blessings. The church is a spiritual blessing, we have one another. And when you no longer have this place, I promise you God will provide you two or three believers for the church because Jesus' promise is always there. I will build my church is what he says. I'll give you a great example. When I was stationed at Fort Huachuca in Sierra Vista, Arizona while in the Army, I, I, uh, for Thanksgiving they had an adopt-a-soldier deal at the church a little Methodist church and so this family adopted me and I went with them to to have Thanksgiving with them and while I was with them their son was a vegan now I didn't know at that time what a vegan was I thought that meant he probably ate some kind of special chicken I didn't know (laughs) but he didn't eat meat and so she made him a special plate. His mother made him a special plate. And he's like fourteen or fifteen. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> she made him a, a special plate of things to eat, you know, that he could eat and all this stuff. And she made the rest of us turkey. And and so we we sat down at the meal and it was so nice. And it was fun to be with another family and just see their customs. And they already had their Christmas tree up. And and it was a it was a great time. And then she brought out this huge pumpkin pie. And she said, I've never done this before. It's the first time I've ever done it. We're all going to be able to eat this. This is uh, a vegan pumpkin pie, especially made for you, Josh, her son. And it was the best pumpkin pie I ever drank. (laughs) I'm just saying. But I will tell you this, church. I will tell you this. That was a spiritual blessing to be still with a family at Thanksgiving. Learn to count your spiritual blessings. The other thing I would say is learn to count your relational blessings. For some of you, the holidays and Thanksgiving is one of those times in your life where you go, "Uh, we're going to have to be with family. Extended family, there's more pressure on you. Some of you are having Thanksgiving at your house and you're going, why did we invite? Because we invited this, they invited them and we weren't going to let them know and now they know and now we're, oh my goodness. This is a train wreck. But that's not how God would want us to see it. You see, there's even hope for the prisoners. I mean, here's a prisoner There are prisoners that are having church with Paul and Silas as they sung hymns. There's a great earthquake and the the doors are flung open. And yet the guard, who is actually the enemy of the prisoners, says, what do I need to do to receive Christ? What do I need to do to be invited to your table? What do I need to do to come into your family? And for some of us, it's as immediate as the same blood type. The same bloodline. I guess you could only be. You'd have to be homozygous, but I'm just saying. For some of us, right, there may be people that that come and show up. And what God is saying, can you be thankful in the midst of that challenge? Can you pray for them in the midst of the challenges that are before you? We're all different. We all need help. We all need Jesus. While we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us and he did for them too. In most of Paul's letters in the New Testament, he makes it a point to give thanks to specific people. Thanksgiving for people was a consistent heartbeat of his ministry. He thanked those who inspired him. He thanked... He thanked those who demonstrated amazing faith. He thanked those who gave him expressions of love. He thanked those whose lives proved out the power of unity. He thanked those who encouraged greater faithfulness and fellowship. Whenever he was personally encouraged by someone, he returned the favor. Paul considered those people in relationships to be priceless treasures. He understood that people are a God-given catalyst for life. His letters were basically oftentimes inventories of his thankfulness for individuals as well as churches. He took an inventory and said, Lord, I am thankful for them relational blessings. Learn to have a grateful heart for those who are not like you or like me or like us. And as we do that and as we pray for them, God honors our prayers, and they'll see in us the light of Christ. It's Jesus' promise in Matthew 5. They will see it. And finally, material blessings. Man, it's a great three-point sermon. We got time for a couple more points. Uh, Just saying, material blessings. Let's talk about material blessings. Because in honesty, for some of us, we think... You know, I'm too spoiled. I don't know if I should drive that car, drive that truck. I don't know if I should wear these clothes. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm in such conflict. Some of us have the spirit of poverty. Some of us have the spirit of wealth. Some of us have the spirit of mammon. All that needs to be broken. And what we need to do is have the spirit of thanksgiving, thankfulness. And say, Lord, thank you. Even materially, Charles Spurgeon said, Let us daily praise God for common mercies. Common as we frequently call them, and yet they are so priceless that when deprived of them, we are ready to perish. Ephesians 5, give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Ephesians 5.20. Give thanks for everything, for your soap, for your toothpaste, your toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Toothpaste. I just learned this week that fluoride can affect your thyroid and can, it, it, it can produce inhibitors of iodine, which your thyroid needs in order to operate correctly. You need to thank God for that piece of information this morning. It's not even in my notes. I just read toothpaste. Hot water, air conditioning, sunsets, blue skies, sunglasses, birthday cards, family photos, autumn leaves, music, Bluetooth, etc. Whatever, give thanks to the Lord. James 1.17 Whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Give thanks to Him. You see... The heart of thanksgiving unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough. And even more, it turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Thanksgiving and gratitude make sense of our past. It brings peace for today and creates a vision for tomorrow. See, creating that vision for tomorrow is understanding it's not just the temporal it's the eternal this is why we give them christ and so as family members come it's just like we said earlier and and we don't know who's going to be at the table next year much less tomorrow so give thanks and let them know that you love them today learn to hold everyone in a valuable way. And as you do, you'll start gaining a vision for tomorrow, eternity. Listen, if your loved ones know Jesus, and the holidays are hard for you, and they've gone on to be with him, I want you to hear something. Have an eternal perspective. They're at a greater table today. And one day, we're going to join them. And it's what a great day that will be. Psalm 103, 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. That word bless there means this. It means affectionately and gratefully praise the Lord. So when we offer thanks to God, we should bless him affectionately and gratefully. And as we do that, our hearts are turned into hearts of thanksgiving and we'll never lack reasons to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Listen, can you praise God today regardless of the prison you may be in? I want you to hear something. It might just set you free. Matter of fact, I believe His Word, it does set us free. What do we tend to take for granted in this life? What are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? Gratitude and attitude are not challenges. They're simply choices. So what's your choice going to be today? It's Thanksgiving week. It should be on our heart to bless the Lord affectionately and gratefully, regardless of our circumstances. May He receive the glory through you And through me and our ability to be thankful.